That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. This is The Great America Show. Great to have you with us today. And we're 13 days out from the biggest midterm elections of our lives. And the mad Marxist Dems are desperate. Obviously so. They're flailing, trying to figure a way to hide old Joe and their party's commitment to anything and everything that's anti-America, anti-family, anti-God, anti-life, and pro-Marx, pro-cartel. They want to bring you and me to our knees to destroy this great country of ours, and they'll do whatever it takes to achieve their end, which is the end of America. Biden has done more damage to this country in less than two years than any president in history, no matter how many years they had to screw things up. Whatever else Joe Biden is, he is fundamentally the screw-up. But he can also claim to be doing exactly what he wants, throwing open our southern border, making the Mexican drug cartels ever greater fortunes with their smuggling of illegals, more than 4 to 6 million entering the U.S. since Biden took office. Think of that, 4 to 6 million. And sex trafficking, smuggling deadly drugs, especially fentanyl, with the help of the Chinese Communist Party, of course. That's right, the Chinese and Mexican drug cartels are in league to poison and kill as many Americans as they can. Fentanyl is now the number one killer of Americans aged 18 to 45. And what is Biden doing about it? Well, you would guess nothing, and you would be right. But today, a little diversion from the public eye brought to us by the Biden Department of Justice The DOJ held a press conference to announce they brought charges against more than a dozen Chinese intelligence agents. Charges range from stealing technology and equipment to obstructing justice against a Chinese tech company. No statement on how many of the spies were actually arrested by the FBI. Isn't that interesting? They didn't announce the number of arrests, but they do know all about the cases. FBI Director Christopher Wray said the cases lay bare the Chinese flagrant violation, as he put it, of international laws. What about that? They're violating international laws, not our laws. And what are we doing here? Is that what you do with spies? You bring in the FBI? I would like to see them do a little more than that. Where is counterintelligence across our intelligence community? I hate to break it to G-Man Ray that we already knew all of that. All the way back in the mid-1980s, there were 3,500 Chinese front companies operating in the United States then with a specific mission of stealing our intellectual property, technology, and military secrets. And they've done a pretty good job of it, almost unimpeded by the FBI or any other government agency. The Chinese, in fact have stolen about $500 billion in technology and intellectual property every year since then. And we've known that for decades. Garland and Ray look like fools for trying to make fools out of the American people. The question is, why did they only come up with 13 spies out of the thousands who have to be working in this country? 
That kind of weak-minded stunt by this administration and other stunts like it will be a big part of the reason that the giant red wave that slams into the Marxist Dems on November 8 will be even bigger than expected. That kind of stunt producing that kind of result on November 8 and helping will be the fact they've gone after patriots like podcast star Steve Bannon. He's our guest here today, former Trump strategist, advisor, and great American, Steve Bannon. Great to have you with us, Steve, and welcome to The Great America Show. Steve has been and is at the point of the spear in the fight against the totalitarian Marxist Dems who are trying to destroy this country. Their politics of lies, deceit, personal destruction, and their scorched earth tactics, the venal left has thrown all of that at Steve Bannon and more. And let's begin, Steve, with your assessment of where you are now, your next moves in the battle with the Stalinist J6 and corrupt DOJ. Well, look, I respect the judge's uh, decision. I can respect the, uh, the juries. Given the limitations of what they can, you know, consider, he laid out he laid out in court the other day the four major areas for appeal. I probably have maybe even as many as six. Um, my appellate lawyers, my lawyers are all over it right now. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll signify the appeal before the fifteenth of November, and then we'll go there. I think this thing, my lawyers and all the research that's been presented to me, I think we have a strong case on appeal, and we'll see how it plays, but. You know, Lou, I, I, the Justice Department, the FBI here in, in the Congressional Committee should be ashamed of themselves. This thing has been run as a show trial. Everybody knows that there's no ranking member. There's no minority counsel. There's no way to look at the, at the evidence across. And I think that hopefully we put this chapter, after November 8th, we put this chapter of American political history in back of us and get back to doing things in an organized uh, method. I do intend, uh, if it's taken up, I mean, I intend to press this uh, executive privilege situation, separation of powers, hopefully all the way to the Supreme Court, because I think it's got to be sorted out. You know, Greg Jarrett had a great piece the other night on Fox, and I think it's got to be sorted out, that we got to get, we got to really get a, a conclusion from the Supreme Court about executive privilege and who exactly the president can talk to and about the privilege and all of it. So, there's a lot of work to do here, and my team's already on it, uh, and uh, I'll keep you guys uh, updated. Well, I appreciate that, Steve, and this battle is one that uh, uh, that you have to win. It's it just, this is so wrongheaded, so upside down and evil uh, in its intent. It's This is no longer ideological. Uh, these people are, without question, the Marxist Dems are trying to destroy this country, uh, and every tenet of our constitutional republic. Uh, and they're trying, I, I just am stunned that the, there are so few judges that are not reacting to uh, the constitutional power of this president uh, and the, the, the absurd abuse of power uh, that, that had been on their face, uh, just wrong. Uh, deeply wrong, whether we're talking about the law, the Constitution, or morality itself. And this is a country under assault, and I still swear to you, I think maybe as much as uh, a quarter, 30% of the country really still doesn't believe that this government is as corrupt as it is. And and I also want to say parenthetically, I salute you for respecting the courts and respecting uh, the, the judicial process. But I have to tell you right now, I have no respect for it whatsoever. 
because it is so un, it is an unmitigated corrupt process uh, that we're going to have to deal with as a nation. You know, and you've been warning American people about this now for decades and decades and decades, but go to that point about the rule of law. At 11 p.m. on Friday, and Lou, you know when the, when the White House and the administration or regimes putting out information at 11 o'clock on a Friday night, they're not looking for a lot of coverage. Uh, they, they released the fiscal year's numbers for the invasion on the southern border. And it's so jaw-dropping that you have all these laws on the books, all these regulations that are on the books, black letter on the books, and you see what they've done uh, to subvert uh, immigration law and asylum law to literally let millions of people, I calculate there's six to eight million uh, either gotaways or illegal aliens or false asylum claims here in the nation today. Now, Todd Benzman was on our show earlier. He, he thinks it's four million, <laughs> four million to eight million. And you sit there and you see about the judges and you see about the administration, you see about Merrick Mar- Garland. This is why I say Merrick Garland, you know, the heck with Mallorcas. I think Merrick Garland and ultimately Biden will be brought up on impeachment charges. And I think the first article of, of Garland, which I think there'll be many others, I think Garland's will be the invasion of the southern border where there. You have all this other stuff they're doing in the Constitution, all this other stuff they're doing about, you know, parents as domestic terrorists, uh, arresting uh, individuals who are praying at uh, abortion, sentence, praying the rosary. And you, you see the southern border where we have an invasion that is it's mind-boggling in its scale, and they're happy with it. And then, Lou, to top it off, they all went on the Sunday shows, including my uncles and Kamala Harris. They go on the Sunday shows and look America in the eye after releasing that data on Friday night and say the border is secure. They're just in your face with it. This is beyond gaslighting. This is just bald face, in your face line. And they expect, you said 30%, it's maybe even higher than maybe 40%, right? But it's not much higher than that, or not paying attention enough to understand what's going on. And that's what they're banking on. But now, this is so spun out of control that it's got to be stopped, and that's why November 8th is so important. Uh, November 8th is, without question, uh, this is our this is an existential, uh, perhaps the first uh, existential midterm election. I truly believe it. Uh, and I don't know if there will be a 2024 unless we win uh, this election uh, on November 8th. It is really that straightforward to me and that dangerous a moment in our history. Uh, you mentioned the the domestic terrorists, the domestic violence uh, that the whistleblowers are telling the House Judiciary Committee, uh, Jim Jordan uh, telling the Senate Judiciary Committee, Chuck Grassley, uh, about the the efforts to to cook the books on, of all things, domestic uh, white nationalism is what they're really attacking, trying to to create the specter of a white nationalist force that is subversive. Uh, and uh, violent and should be considered the same as uh, a foreign uh, radical Islamist terrorist within our own borders. It's all being manufactured by the deep state uh, and the leaders, so-called, at least the top officials of the FBI. This is just criminal to a point of almost unimagined uh, corruption. It's it's mind-boggling, but you see now you've got FBI agents are coming forward. Other people are coming forward. We know that they they gun decked uh, the statistics about uh, about uh, about domestic terrorism. We know that they've lied about. They said they didn't have a tracking unit uh, looking at parents. 
Lou, I think what the good news out of here is it's obviously lawless. It's something we've never seen before, breaking the rule of law and really turning into authoritarian state like the CCP is. But the American people, and you know, CNN's the, one of the top stories this morning is "quote unquote" Trump lost the suburbs. This is how the Republicans are winning them back. You know, this gets back to the the spring and summer of 2021. We were talking to War Room about the mass mandates and the vaccine mandates and CRT and all these things are happening at the schools that uh, independent women, uh, moderate women, Democrat women who are not you know Trump fans. We're going to form a coalition, which we did around the Glenn Youngkin uh, candidacy, where you have 100% of MAGA turnout, and you have a coalition of these parents who n- normally wouldn't be with MAGA on issues, who are now open to the fact of when they see the gas prices, they see their savings crumbling, they see the house values crumbling, and they see all this madness on the created crisis of the Biden uh, economic and financial emergency are now coming. And I think this is leading to this potential sweeping victory, if we can deliver the vote, and if we can get out the vote, this is why Rhode Island 2 is in play for the first time since 1992. It's why Connecticut 2 and 5, these house seats are in play, two seats in uh, in uh, New Hampshire. Now uh, within uh, three points is uh, Gerald Malloy up in, uh, in, in Vermont <laughs> running for the U.S. Senate. Imagine. 30 points down. He's now within three with no money. He's got $250,000 at $5 million of ads. You're seeing New York State. There are 15 uh, House seats in play, including Sean Patrick uh, Maloney, who's the DMCC chair. At the, today, uh, Wasserman, a, cook, a political report, puts his seat as uh, a toss-up. You're seeing wow. it across the country. It, in, yeah. in the, Dem- the Hill newspaper leads this morning that angst is building among the Democrats because they think they they focus on the wrong issue set. You know, this threats to democracy, climate change, uh, abortion, it's not playing out. Transgender rights, uh, you know, overcoming uh, parental rights, it's not playing out. They, they've missed the mark, and, and it looks like judgment days, but we have to deliver. And I agree with you, Lou, I think it's existential. I think since 1862, in the first years of the Civil War, we haven't had a midterm election. And I would remind people that in 1862, that congressional election changed the course of the Civil War. Up until that time, people were looking for a negotiated deal. Uh, the, the Democratic generals, McClellan, these guys just would not take the torch to the Confederacy. And I'm, I come from Richmond, Virginia. That's my hometown. But would not take it, you know, did not, were not prepared to do what had to be done to basically save the Union. And after that midterm election, Things change dramatically, and uh, and I think you're going to see it here. I think I think the country is just the same type of existential crisis it was in 1862, and I think here you're going to see a fundamental change on the 8th of November if everybody does what we feel they can do, which is own your vote, help other people get there, do a massive get out the vote campaign right now. Let's have a sweeping destruction of the Democratic Party. Yeah, I I I, I agree with you uh, totally. Uh, what I do want to say is I do it's 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 eighteen sixty two for me as well uh, because I don't want to negotiate it. Lou, with you, the by radical. the way, I, I don't want to ask too, I don't want to ask too tough a question. Well, you were there, right? I, I well, in spirit, <laughs> I certainly was. I guarantee you. Uh, I, in eighteen sixty two, the idea of a negotiated settlement uh, was no more repugnant, frankly. Uh, than one would be to me now uh, with the radical right. radical Marxist right. stems. These people mean business. This is no, There's nothing to negotiate. They're coming for our children. Uh, they're mutilating our children. 
they are talking sex and gender change and uh, from K through 12 in this country in our public schools, which are the great equalizer for America and have always been. They're treating it like a, uh, a, a trash heap instead of a pristine cathedral that it is for learning, uh, for moving talent uh, into its proper place and to support to support. Uh, our values as a nation through the, the, our education of history, uh, in history and government and our and civics and, and our public schools, and and they are fouling every element of our public education. And both of these teachers unions have to be held accountable, and they're coming for your children, folks. If you haven't figured it out, the Marxist Dems are coming for your children. And if you're not scared enough before you hear that. I hope you are now because it is exactly what is at stake. Uh, I, I can't even imagine. Uh, I, ta- I was talking with uh, James Comer, Congressman Comer, the other day, uh, who is a terrific patriot, a great American. And I said to him, I said, I don't think you guys have got more than 60 days before you decide who your leader is. Uh, you can go have a, a, an election for speaker on the 9th. But the American people aren't going to have a speaker 60 days later uh, if you act anything like uh, you acted in 2018. What do you think? Well, I, I got to tell you, I think the burden is going to be on Comer Shulman's and, and who the leaders are. I happen to think, and I just think that the deal's already been cut. I, I just assume it's going to be McCarthy. And I yeah. assume it's going to be McCarthy for all the signals we got. It's just that it, it, will he be, he's going to have to, understand he's got a mandate here and that mandate Comer's going to have a huge huge um set of responsibilities on him because as i keep saying lou and you kind of taught me about appropriations appropriations is going to be the anvil the investigation is going to be the hammer and i think we have to go in tough with the speaker's got to back this to say uh we're not going to we're not going to appropriate anything appropriation is the most important bill because that's how the money gets divvied up there's no, we're not going to appropriate anything to DOJ or FBI until we see dramatic reform and dramatic, I think, actually deconstruction and firing of people. That's why Comer, the burden on him is going to be tremendous. He's going to be one of the most important people in this new Congress. But people want action. They don't want any more happy talk. And what they definitely don't want is the traditional Washington swamp, administrative state, you know, the old okie doke, where you head fake one way and you do something else. People are living. And this, listen, this is the greatest political comeback in American history. On, right. on January 20th of 2021, Louis, you know better than anybody. It was over. At the same, everybody left Washington. President Trump was back in Mar-a-Lago. We had no political power. You know, Biden was a quote-unquote 61%. They had media. They had the Wall Street. They had the global corporations. They had universities. They had Hollywood. They had big tech. They had just silenced President Trump. He had no way to communicate with anybody. He would put out a pressure in a couple of days. We were we were crushed, and it was it was MAGA and the deplorables that led us back. This is their victory, and they're going to demand action. And the kind of days of happy talk, because think about your show, think about the issues you've talked about and, and had guests on and debated over 20, 30, 40 years, and think of what we're talking about today. This is my point. This, this stuff is so radical. It, it's so over the top. And people are now incensed. That's why they're going after the polls. This is kind of a self-organizing revolt. They're well, going to demand action. Absolutely. And by the way, I'm not going to give anybody 60 days. I, I am. I'm going to raise my voice the second I even smell a whiff of weak-kneed rhinoism on the part of anyone in leadership. And I don't care who it is. 
uh, this country has got to demand real leadership, and the Republican Party has got to get over itself and start doing what uh, they promised to do, which is restore this great republic. Uh, I want to I want to turn though to, if I may, uh, the appearance of the CEO of uh, Dominion on 60 Minutes just happened to be two weeks before the election, <laughs> guaranteeing that everything's just nifty. And uh, you know, and I won't say anything about the interviewer who was t- asking all of those tough, hard-hitting questions and betraying his huge knowledge base about electronic voting. Uh, they apparently had no research and no sense of what is reality. But when for this guy to be standing up there talking about electronic voting as he did, was an insult to everyone in this country. Uh, your your reaction, uh, or, or this along with the Pelosi <laughs> statement that we're going to win the House, uh, does this suggest to you they know something the rest of us don't? Well, I have a lot of people that call me and say, hey, she's, Katie Hobbs would actually be debating if she really thought she was going to win. Look, uh, the Dominion, obviously there's no – you know, there's there's no coincidences here, right? To drop that a couple weeks beforehand. Also, you have this subpoena they got from President Trump for the committee. They're demanding all the records on the fourth of November, the Friday before the Friday before the Tuesday, because they want to dominate the news cycle. And look, I'm not a machine guy, as I say. I don't really understand it that well. I, I'm a firm believer we got to go to paper ballots. Limited uh, early voting. I don't think you have an election month. You have an election day. We do it like France. I, I think that's our goal, and that's what we're pushing for. I believe the 2020 election was stolen, and I think it was stolen by Mark Elias and the mail-in ballots and what they did with the non-certified uh, non- signature verdict. Now, all of it. All, the, the, William Barr. Pennsylvania. We, we, yes. Yes. I mean, Barr didn't do a report. It's just nonsense. Now, the machines, I, I don't understand them enough. I just always think, hey, why does we can't go to a – Hand count. Uh, why can't we go to a hand count of paper? If France can do it, the United States can do it. We have enough volunteers that should be able to do it. Uh, and so, I, I but I'm a huge believer. 2020 was stolen. In fact, I think if you look at these poll numbers where Biden's so low, if you look at where the Republicans are actually look like you could have an overwhelming tsunami, that is also kind of the that that's predicating the fact he didn't get 81 votes to start with. I kind of think this is the 2020 election that we've taken out the voter fraud. So there's no uh, there's no coincidences. I think it's very uh, I think it's CBS being up in your face in doing this. And look, obviously there's a lot of court cases going on that all get played out in court. But I think right now the American people should. Uh, make sure that you own your vote, and particularly you got to volunteer to be a poll. If you want to stop this, you got to be inside the counting room. And that Absolutely. means you got to be a poll worker or election judges, and it's, it's on everybody's shoulder. But, you know, where the, where the electronics really going to come into play, and I'm not sure if it's a Dominion or another company, but this week and in, in this Sunday in, in Brazil is an election every bit as important as Brexit was to Trump's winning 16. You know, Bolsonaro has gone from corner corner to the polls 16 or 18 points down. Does those polls now he's, he's ahead in the in the Supreme Court there? Is anybody mentions anything about the machines? Do they mention anything about voter fraud? They're automatically like banned and rolled up by the police. It's, it's getting to be a it's getting to be a, a police state. I mean, it, it makes Merrick Garland. I'm sure has got his pencil out taking notes here about what's going on because they're playing smash out down in Brazil. Okay. Well, then I should whisper this so that uh, Merrick Garland doesn't get upset. Uh, this, you were talking about how little you know about them. I've been reporting on electronic voting for 20 years. 
these machines are too complicated for anyone, uh, certainly like you and me, uh, who, uh, you know, I mean, we're not, uh, I'll speak for myself, I'm not a, a PC expert, I'm not technical in any way, but I do know one thing, common sense tells you these machines are too complicated they're, the the clerks, the county clerks, the secretaries of state don't even understand what's happening uh, in these machines, you know, and the companies won't bring, even and, and the companies you, won't you bring even bring an amazing tell point. And Mike Lindell, he's a machines guy. I'm not, I'm not said this from day one, but he had these technical people make these presentations in quite depth about these machines they've gotten. I sent that out to a number of hedge fund guys, and the response these guys got back. And by the way, most of the guys I sent it out to this review are Democrats. And they came back and they said, you know, you would think these machines would be just as simple as cash counting machines in Vegas, which do the cash count. They right. go, they were blown away by that point you just made. They go, why are these things so complicated? I mean, these are technical people that invest in tech companies all the time. Their first thing that came back to me was, and they had no idea. They said, we had no idea that these things had this complicated. Why do they have all this software? Why is this thing even open itself up to potentially being hacked? Why is it complex? It should be just as simple as the, as the as the machines in Vegas that really count cash. And people that are not certainly not Trumpers, not MAGA at all, pretty sophisticated guys came back with the exact thing. They, the first thing they answer is, why is this so complicated? It's just way too complicated for what the task at hand is. I, I, I agree with you again, a hundred percent. I want to I want to close here, if I may, with General David Petraeus. Uh, giving an interview in France uh, and saying this, uh, I will quote, we are talking about the intervention of the North Atlantic Alliance in the event of an attack on one of the NATO members. It is necessary to consider the option of using not NATO forces in Ukraine, but multinational forces that have nothing to do with NATO. He then goes on to acknowledge that basically that he, not basically, saying the United States may lead a multinational force against Russia in Ukraine. And I don't understand the rest of the gibberish that he, as usual, spews uh, about not NATO, but U.S. I, I, these people are nuts. And and the Euros, I mean, it's, it's just exactly what Trump said. The Euros think we're going to defend them and our military industrial complex represented by the man who wrote the doctrine uh, which is really a rationalization for failure called the long war. David Petraeus wants us to lead the damn thing. Your thoughts? Uh, of all the bad stuff that happened this weekend, this must was some terrible things over the weekend, but this may be the most disturbing. Remember, they Ford deployed a, a elements of the 101st Airborne to Romania on the right. border of Romania. My, da- my daughter's deployed to Eastern Germany before, uh, when she, after she left the 101st. The 101st has not been deployed to Germany since World War II. Remember, that's the Band of Brothers, uh, right. uh, you know, group. So it's not been deployed to Europe. It's in Romania, which not even the Europe we fought for. That was, you know, the, it's already remained on the Ukrainian border. And Petraeus is sitting there talking about something that's quite insidious. It's not about NATO coming together under Article 5. He's saying, no, you take it out of the NATO situation, and it's a multinational force multilateral force led by the United States. They're actually discussing in the White House and the Pentagon, you can tell this, deploying combat troops into Ukraine. And right. if people think the disaster, the adventurism in Iraq and Afghanistan and in Vietnam, okay, were, were tragedies for the country, you ain't seen nothing yet. This has got to be stopped. This is why November 8th is so important. And McCarthy's actually signaling now that 
the open checkbook for Ukraine is over. And I can tell you, there's no issue out there that I see in these, when I go out and talk to people, they have sex and more than the, well, I think writing off the trillion, uh, taking the trillion dollars off the deadbeat social justice warriors, the college debt, and putting that on working class people may be number one. But number two is certainly the billions of dollars from falling in to the corrupt oligarchs in Ukraine. And now thinking of deploying young men and women of the United States to combat roles in Ukraine, Petraeus says not even a NATO role, but in a multinational or multilateral, uh, you know, task force, it's scary. And I think that I don't know why the Republicans are not calling Congress back like now and saying, hey, is there a declaration of war here? What are we actually doing? Well, because <laughs> Kevin McCarthy hasn't got the guts. Uh, Mitch McConnell is too compromised for either of them to do anything intelligent and responsible uh, in the interest of the nation. Uh, God help us. And God help us with uh, this impaired puppet president uh, at at the top of our government, along with uh, Kamala Harris and no adjectives needed uh, for her, uh, followed by then Pelosi and Lloyd Austin and Jake Sullivan and Tony Blinken. This country has never been in greater danger from within than we are right now. We always give our guests the last word. And if you will, Steve, your concluding thoughts. My concluding thoughts is God bless you, Lou Dobbs. I'm so glad you're around. You fought so many fights. You've been wrong, or you've been right on so many topics, including look at what's happening right now: the economy, inflation, the invasion on the southern border, adventurism geopolitically. You have for 40 or 50 years laid it out to the American people. I know President Trump's a huge fan. I follow you forever, as I have. You've been a great mentor, and God bless the fact that in probably our biggest and toughest battle, that you're still there, manning the ramparts. Well, you're uh, you're at the forefront of the spear, and uh, give them hell. Uh, Steve Bannon, great warrior and a great platform. It's called a war room, and uh, we appreciate it so much. Steve Bannon, Thank great you, American, great warrior, and catch him on the war room. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today on the Great America Show, and please join us here tomorrow. Our guests will be two outstanding Republicans Two great Americans in two of the hottest races in the midterm elections. New York looks like it will be a barn burner down to the wire. And Republican gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin pulling ahead of the incumbent Democrat in recent polls. And Republican Attorney General candidate Michael Henry running even with the incumbent Marxist dim Attorney General Letitia James. And out in Nevada, former Attorney General Adam Laxalt has pulled ahead of his Democrat opponent in the race for the Senate there. Our guest tomorrow, from his campaign bus in Nevada, senatorial candidate Adam Laxalt. And from New York, Michael Henry, Republican for Attorney General. Please join us tomorrow, right here. Till then, God bless you, and may God bless America.